Hey guys, I am Marielle Woods. I had the pleasure of directing episodes three and four of season four of Cobra Kai, and you are watching Cobra Kai Companion. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. I'm Brianna. And you guys, a very exciting interview today. Uh, not, not only do we have a, a, a woman director, the, the first director that's outside of John, Josh, and Hayden, Muriel Woods, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I didn't know that. That's uh, exciting and nerve-wracking. <laughs> oh, no, you, you'll, you'll do fine. Um, yeah, no, it, it, I, I don't know what it is, why I haven't reached out previously. Like, you know, Jen Salata has been on a few seasons. Um, oh, I love Jen. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, you know, it just depends who we kind of interact with on social media. And sure. I follow you. You're, you're pretty active in terms of posting things. So, you know, it just seemed... Um, I, Actually, I know what it was. I shared a previs of yours and we had just spoken with Michael Jonathan Smith. Yes. And, and you actually said, hey, you know, thanks for sharing. And I, I think that's what started it. Yes. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, learn a little bit more about you. Um, you told us off mic that you actually grew up in New Jersey. I did. Yes. Um, definitely uh, enjoyed chatting Jersey things with John, Josh and Hayden. Uh, I grew up in North Jersey and. Um, I think I competed in speech and debate against one of their high schools. And, you know, we uh, I don't know. There's a lot of Jersey plant transplants in the business. I, I run into them more often than not. Hilariously. But also debate, you know, like uh, Matea was in debate. Yeah. Uh, John and yeah. Hit, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a part of speech and debate is very um, it doesn't surprise me to find that there are a fair number of people who also got into Hollywood because it's, it's quite performative. It's, you know, it's very much about like telling a story and telling it well, um, and, and a lot of different parts of it. So, um, yeah, I, I had the pleasure of working with Matea on season five. I came back and directed a couple episodes for season five and, um, we also just hit it off. It's just Cobra Kai is just honestly like a, a really good family. It's just a good group of people. Well, yeah. Well, since we know that the Jersey connection is there and everyone seems to have known each other or known about each other or been on each other's orbit, even accidentally since the day they were born. <laughs> uh, also about the super high IQ thing. So have to ask you, like, uh, what did you major in in college? Did you major in motion picture arts, directing, theater? Sure. Yeah, you know, I went into college thinking I was going to major in the classics. I took Latin for like 10 years and I love it. Like I would love to one day direct a huge gladiator style movie um, with a female lead because there's so many badass women from that time. We just very rarely get their stories. Um, but yeah, I went in thinking I was going to major in classics and, you know, I had always I had been in theater. I had been an actor and I had always, you know, been adjacent to filmmaking no one in my family really did anything related to it so it just didn't it just didn't strike me as like an obvious thing that I could do but I would often make movies with my friends or convince teachers to let me do a video instead of an essay um, and then in college I took some film classes and and realized very quickly that I was going to switch my major and and uh, and major in film instead some of your um projects uh it, it kind of ranges in terms of duties you know you worked in like camera work uh, costuming i believe was under your credits uh how did you decide uh, at some point that you wanted to uh, direct you know you you've made some shorts and also produced on storage wars yes i did um yeah you know i always knew i wanted to direct i moved out to la right out of college and i think you know, it was important to me to experience working in as many departments as I could. I think that that helps me a lot as a director to know what I'm asking of my crew. And um, and I honestly just love set. I love crewing. I crewed for 14 years before I started directing. And that wasn't because I didn't want to be a director yet. It's just the hustle and it, it takes time. And I was making my own stuff on the side. And um, yeah, so I always knew um 
you know, the costuming thing was on a friend's project. I think when you're, at least for me, my experience was I was young and hungry and wanted to be a filmmaker. And so really any opportunity that came, I would, I would jump on any chance to get on set or near filmmaking. And I started in reality. That's where like my first, for the first five years, that was like my film school. Um, Storage Wars was one of them, but really the bread and butter of my job was um, like, animal attack and survival reenactment shows. Um, And that's really where I learned that action was my passion. You know, I I grew up with probably more toy guns than I did baby dolls, but I moved out to LA thinking I wanted to, you know, like many film students, like I want to make indie films about deep character work. And, And that's still true. I just really want there to be fights and explosions in them. Um, and doing that work for Animal Planet and Discovery um, really taught me a lot. It was like we were blowing up cars and reenacting shark attacks. And I th- became a connoisseur of fake blood and just loved it. I was like, oh, I want to blow stuff up and light things on fire all day. This is great. <laughs> it's really fun. I mean, some of the future projects you you did, I mean, uh, John Wick 2, uh, even yeah. Baby Driver, which I, I believe you got a, a SAG Award nomination for. Uh, for this yeah, film. yeah. I, you know, as I mentioned, I started as an actor, so I've been SAG since I was, I think, in middle school. But um, knowing what when I realized I wanted to direct action and I just hadn't had a lot of experience in that realm, I really wanted to learn everything I could learn, especially as a woman. I wanted to be as as fully knowledgeable as I could possibly be stepping onto a set you know, having been an actor, I, I, I've always really loved working with actors and having crewed so much, I, I feel really confident and enjoy speaking to like cinematographers and their language. But when it came to action, I didn't have that vocabulary and that know-how yet. So after I made some shorts of my own, I kind of cold called my way into these um, uh, basically like assisting or producing the stunt departments on bigger bigger budget action movies and television. So, and I worked on amazing projects with incredible second unit directors and learned so much like, you know, baby driver, all the car stuff and bright for Netflix, tons of wire work and Westworld and Penny dreadful and wick too. It's just, you know, the, both the directors and the second unit directors and the crews that I got to learn from, it was amazing. And, it really translated how I wanted it to stepping onto Cobra Kai, which is obviously an incredibly action heavy show and knowing how to speak that language and knowing kind of like <clears throat> a shorthand with my stunt team and the stunt team on Cobra Kai is amazing. I love Ken and Don so much. Um, and, you know, it's not uncommon and it did happen on Cobra Kai for me to drop onto a set. And I know someone in the stunt department, you know, my, my buddy Craig was doubling Ralph, when I landed on uh, the Cobra Kai sets and it was just like a fun reunion. Uh, Speaking of, you know, fake blood and discovery channel and uh, reality and maybe a little bit of competition all wrapped up into one. I was so addicted to face off and I was so mad when it didn't come back. Yeah. That was a fun one. I love that show. What was was that like? Yeah, you know, I was that was when I was dabbling in the assistant director department. Um, That was also a really fun show to work on and and relevant to my career interests, too, because there's a lot of overlap between action and and effects makeup. And Mm -hmm. um, honestly, just like what those artists could do was shocking and the amount of time that they had just incredible. Um, yeah, you know, I only did a couple seasons on that, but it was, it was a really good show to work on. Um, another good experience and, um, just really cool to also learn about sculpting and the time and what that takes, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I still love Neville Page is one of the judges who I still follow. Oh, yes. He's just a genius. Like the stuff he comes up with for Star Trek and all that stuff. I'm like, He's a genius. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how many alien, you know, right? uh, anatomies does he have in yeah, his brain? Totally. So, totally. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. You talked about um, wanting to work with like deep characters, but also uh, throw some action in there. Uh, Heart Shot, um, you released on Netflix just, uh, I, I believe, last week or a couple of weeks ago by now. Yeah. Um, 
is a, is a short film about uh, uh, two two girls who are in love. They're senior year in high school. They're trying to figure things out afterwards. But um, Sam, coincidentally, Sam um, has a past. Nikki, uh, Nikki. Nikki's the one with Nikki. the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Uh, and so, yeah, they're kind of starting to learn a little bit about each other as the past catches up. Can you talk about this project and um, if there's a talk about a feature film or something? Sure. Yeah, Heart Shot, I'm, I'm so proud of. It's, it's really indicative of the kind of art that I hope to continue to put out into the world, um, which is action that really does, like I said, has, like, is interweaved inextricably with like a deep emotional core. Um, Heartshot was part of um, Netflix's Emerging Filmmakers Initiative, and they chose myself and two other filmmakers. And the idea was, you know, pitch a short that is essentially a proof of concept for a larger feature. So, yes, there is a feature that um, my partner uh, happens to is a writer director and she wrote on this. um, And so she and I are breaking it now uh, and hopefully we'll be pitching to Netflix in three or four weeks. Uh, so fingers crossed. I, I love yeah. Heart Shot so much. It's it it's just I think it's a beautiful film. I'm proud of the the action and the performances are amazing. And, you know, Netflix has just continued to be awesome to work with. Um, they the intent of that initiative was, you know, these are filmmakers we think will be uh, the next wave of like big budget genre And we want to give them the experience of what it will be like to direct a studio movie. Uh, And that's really what it was. You know, we had access to just more resources than I've ever had on one of my own projects. And it was really a tremendous experience. And like, it's just, you know, it's something special to be able to look at a piece of art and say, man, I just love that. Like, I do hope it finds an audience and it has really, which I'm so happy about. But I just love the movie. And I really do believe, I think it's Anne Bogart might have said this, but like the paradox of of really good art making is the best art you make, I think, is the art that you make because you love it, not because you're trying to like impress an audience or or get an audience to it. And if you just make what you want to see, like bizarrely, that ends up being the things that are in many cases, the most popular with an audience. And that's been true of Heartshot. So I feel really lucky. I um, I, I can relate a little uh, to, to that. I, so I completely understand that. Um, yeah, I, I was watching it earlier today and I was like, I can I can see, you know, some elements of the Cobra Kai, you know, like yeah. the, the, the human relationship there uh, between the two, you know, and, and uh, you know, we'll talk about Then Learn Fly, where we got a lot of a lot of dialogue between two characters. So, um, yeah, yeah. So everyone that watches Cobra Kai, you guys have Netflix. Check out Heart Shot. You know, yeah. it's available right yeah. now. Yeah. So now uh, your role on Cobra Kai, I, I, I don't know the language. So is, is it, um, are you called like a guest director? I, I don't know the different yeah, types of directors. Generally, generally guest director. That's, you know, the kind of broad television term. Okay. And so like um, for you coming into season four, like what kind of challenges do you, do you face coming into like st- uh, characters that are already established and all these uh, story plots that are going on? Yeah. You know, it's I see them less as challenges and and more as like a sandbox. I think this is kind of a common metaphor that episodic directors I've, I've heard people talk about, which is, you know, when you're directing episodic as opposed to like directing a feature film, you're to your to exactly to your point, you're stepping into someone else's sandbox. You know, it's it's in this case, they had already three seasons and change under their belts of, of writing the show, of, of shooting the show, of, of performing these characters. And certainly for Ralph and Billy and, and others that, you know, decades of, of knowing these characters. Um, you know, I grew up on the Karate Kid. That was like a movie I constantly was making my Nana watch with me because I just loved it. I did karate and, and just was just enamored of that movie. And for me, like, stepping onto that set and being able to work with Ralph and Billy was like, what? (laughs) This is crazy. This is amazing. Um, And it's, you know, the sandbox metaphor is like, they have, there's certain parameters that you're going to work within, right? Like as the director, 
I'm the sets are already built and the way the show is shot, the colors of it, the style of it is, is pretty set. Um, and the fun thing about episodic directing is, is how do I um, play within that sandbox and make an episode that fits within the arc of the show and still make it my own in some way. And honestly, I, I loved working on Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai was my first episodic directing gig and I could not have asked for a better place to cut my teeth. It's such a best idea wins kind of a set. And, um, you know, the big three are really like willing and open to creative pitches of like, you know, I think Michael touched on this, but in, in the sequence, you know, when the sequence where Sam jumps over the building and then later Billy is going to go ask Car or lay his heart out for Carmen, it was written into the script that like he had learned from Sam's big moment, but I just had this idea as soon as I read it, I was like, Oh, I want to shoot that shot for shot as similar as possible. Like we could do the music the same. And you know, that's a little bit of a stylized choice. And when I pitched it to the guys, they were just like, we love it. It's great. Like it's that kind of a set, you know, like there's, there's room to do really, it's an ambitious show. And I really enjoyed that because there's room to play and, 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 and everyone's willing to play. Yeah. Um, we that. did just uh, record and, and Peter has already released our uh, review of 403 uh, this morning. No, no, no. Actually, I loved it, but I am going to say because it's really fresh in my mind. Sure. By the end of that episode, I was so mad at Johnny because he was being such a hypocrite. And it, it, it was that your intention or when you hear things like that, that I mean, because I, I was really mad at him. So, yeah, kudos on making me that mad. Thanks. You know, <laughs> I think this is something the show does really brilliantly. Um, the, the, the emotional arc of the characters is fascinating to me and it's incredibly nuanced. And mm. it, I think on the surface, people could say like, oh, this is a funny, silly action, you know, 80s like vibey show the truth is if you really watch and like when you're watching, I cry at moments, like there's real earnesty and emotion. And I think with, with Johnny's character like that, I, I understand your frustration for him. There's a part of you that's like, dude, like it's okay for you, for him, to, for Miguel to have other teachers. Like it's, it's the intention is for us to all like learn together. Right. And, they've built a character who I totally believe is like dealing with jealousy and, and is, and is really overwhelmed with that sense of, of, of like paternal ownership, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the way that the characters fluidly kind of move through that over the course of each season is, is really like part of the heart of the show. I, I agree. Uh, I have mentioned previously about uh, sharing your previs, and um, that's kind of a newer term for me. And uh, I, I have an idea of what it is, but can you uh, talk about the difference between that and like storyboarding? And sure. the, the purpose of just a previs um, for those that don't know. Sure, sure. Um, well, previs is something we do pretty consistently in in the stunt department in the action space uh, for fights and things like that, um, where. Uh, with either stunt doubles or in this case, my partner and her other partner um, kind of, and not on set, you could be in a backyard, in my case, a very messy apartment. Um, you kind of shoot the fight or the scene, or in this case, the montage uh, with your idea of how it's going to look. And for me, the intention of, you know, I did this for the opening of 403, which was a pretty big montage and had a lot of moving pieces and it was written and described to me as like, you know, best day ever for these two, like the most in sync that Johnny has ever been um, as a sensei with Ralph and I'm um, oh, sorry, with Daniel Russo. And um, I really wanted to use the camera to emphasize that as much as possible. And 
it, it wanted to kick the episode off with like a punch and, you know, because there's so many moving pieces and you kind of have to get those shots quickly. I asked my partner if she and her other partner would come over and we all, we all uh, in an evening, like I talked through my shots and um, I brought that to set with me and showed it to the actors and the writers. And I had promised my partner it would never be seen, but then of course I like gave it to the editor and we used it as like the first, that was the first cut was because we hadn't, you know, fully cut it up all, already. Um, but the intention of it is to see like, is this going to flow the way I think it's going to flow, you know, in a fight scene, it's a way for the stunt team to show the director, like, here's the moves we've outlined and here's how we would pitch you to shoot it based on how we've choreographed. Um, and the difference between this and like, you know, storyboarding is storyboarding is more drawing on paper. And then the kind of in between of those is what's called animatics, which is when you take a storyboard and you kind of loosely animate it mm. um, so that you can watch it moving. But it's still like a very basic cartoon in many cases. And then previs, at least as I use it, is is live people. Um, you know, you're shooting the scene with stand-ins in a nondescript location just to see will the shots and the timing of this work the way I hope it will. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And on the, on the subject of that montage, um, you've got so much in there because I mean, and just little bitty beats. Oh, of course, Johnny is the kind to reach into the bento box and eat a dumpling with his fingers. And, Oh, look, he gave, he gave Daniel the big half of his sandwich. That's so awesome. But the big moment, the big moment for me of that entire montage, please, please, please explain the thought process and how quickly did you know the blocking of Miguel and Sam's kiss parting into Daniel reaching back for Johnny? Oh, when I read it, I like very, that was one of the early shots that I knew I wanted. You know, I wanted this opening montage to have flow to it, to feel like, my thought was how can we use camera to also like shore up this idea that everything's working in sync and like we're all working together. And so as I wanted to find flow in as many moments as I could. And, and that was a moment that just like, it felt very clear to me that you had the two date who were dating, you had the two senses, you had the two cars. It felt, um, it felt fun and symmetrical in that way. And, you know, I, the way Michael, wrote this and, and um, it's a lot of it's on the page, you know, like I really have to credit the writing because I could see it as I read and that just makes my job a lot easier. That's amazing. You, yeah, it really is. And um not surprised really, uh, but it's, it's still really cool to hear. Uh, you mentioned being a credit kid fan. Did, did you, were you a fan of the, the, the third movie as well growing up? Oh yeah, I watched them all. I mean, I watched the first one too many times. I I'd, I had watched the other ones. They were, you know, I anything fight or karate related as a as a kid, I watched from Cobra Kai. I'm sorry, from Karate Kid to Ninja Turtles to Power Rangers. Like that was my jam. So no one is surprised that I found my way to action filmmaking because it's like, well, yeah, that's what you've been into your whole life. Yeah, because. Uh... We uh, with with 403, we also get uh, Terry, uh, uh, Terry Silver and a lot of trees as well, including yeah. Terry's return to a Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. Um, can, can, yeah. Can you talk about reintroducing that character to the world? Yeah. I mean, Thomas, who plays Terry, is such a dream to work with. I mean, just a lovely human, wonderful actor. Um, he was. I mean, I love that scene with with Crease and Silver in the dojo. It's it's such a Western, you know, it's such like these two. What a moment to have these two in this dojo facing off. And um, I love the way it was written, you know, them circling each other was written in. And um, I really just wanted to play with, you know, I think that it's so interesting, the kind of internal back and forth that Terry's dealing with. It felt to me like he was struggling with a shadow self in many ways and, and who, who am I really? And, and 
Um, it was just fun in that scene to, to bring those two back together and really let crease kind of push on that wound a little bit. Um, and, you know, it, it was fun because it was just the two of them and we really got to drill down and get some really fun coverage. And, um, it was, it was exciting. And to have Thomas like do that kick punch combo, he's so physically capable. It's amazing. Um, I think because of scheduling, I actually was the first director to shoot with him. Um, and he just dropped right in, you know, it was, it was great. It was, you know, he and Marty just have a really wonderful um, chemistry in their scenes together. There's like, you can kind of feel the electricity between them. It's so fun. So with my place as a fan, the only character that I hate more than John Kreese is Terry Silver. <laughs> but for the first three quarters of this episode, you have me so solidly in Terrence's corner and it's so painful watching this man struggling with yeah. his mental health and knowing that he's going to walk away from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I what agree. can you explain on that? I agree. You know, again, I just want to credit the, the writers and the guys on that. I think they have such it's, it's, you know, from the second I, was hired on this job. It was just so clear how much respect and um, I guess honor that, that everyone has for the source material. And I really think that that attitude makes the show even better. It's the, the first of all, I'm sure you guys know this, but like the, the level of detail to which John, Josh and Hayden know the karate kid movies is like, shh, shocking. I can't express enough how I'm like, wow, I don't know that I've ever been this impressed. Right. Um, and I think that they're very aware of that, you know, like as a director, that's just fun for me to come in and be handed a script. That's juicy, you know? And, and I love Michael's writing. Like that scene is just so juicy. It's like a big hamburger. You just want to sink your teeth into. Um, and, and, they can play with it. You know, there's so much history there that it's, I think it's fun for everyone. And, and I just really have to give credit to the writing. Like that's not me. That's really, really good writing that I then get to bring to life. And I think everyone on like all of the crew, you know, were, were into like pushing this whole thing. Every time you see him at the house, he's got his pills with him. He's got his meds with the label is always turned we don't know what he's on, so we don't know what his diagnosis is. But it's just, everything just, you know, thread after thread after thread just unraveling. Yeah, and I agree. There's something wonderfully mysterious about Terry and um, calculating um, and dangerous feeling. You know, there's something about him that I think feels like he's very, like he could be a, like a storm rolling in and then a lightning strike. And it's, it's, um, I agree with you. It's, it's layers of an onion peeling back and, and there's no one better to do that than crease because of the history they share. Like crease knows him and knows who this person was. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a darkness that I think overlaps in both of them. That's really interesting to see the way that they bring that out mm -hmm. as well as a real love, like a real, they've been through real stuff together, very deep and difficult things that we've seen on the show. And um, it's just such a rich relationship to, to kind of dig into. Uh, can you talk about the um, filming the, um one of the action sequences on the rooftop where we, we have heard that uh, originally all the kids make their jump. Uh, and then we heard about the deleted scene about being yeah. locked uh, up at the top and all that. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, just uh, the wire work, right. Sure. From, from sure. bright. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. When I, when I read the script, I was very excited to shoot that scene. Um, and, you know, the location department did an excellent job finding us um, a roof that, uh, was jumpable um, with wire assistance. Um, and it also luckily had like a bridge that we just shot around that 
went from one roof to the other, which was really helpful in terms of logistics. Uh, you know, that was a tough shoot. That was a really hard day. We had, we had two days of that and one was a second unit day. And I think for me, that's where a lot of my action background came into play a lot. I, I really, really enjoyed collaborating with Ken Bearfield, the stunt coordinator and his whole team. Um, and we went over that sequence in copious detail um, and I had a whole, sh- you know, I'm a pretty prepared director. I come to set with shot lists and overheads and fully prepared for all of those things to get thrown in the trash. But I like to know I have a plan. Um, and for that, it was very much about like a very detailed shot list color coded by first unit and second unit, who was going to get what, how are we going to achieve these moments? And yes, there was quite a bit to shoot because in the shooting script, all the kids jumped, which meant that we needed coverage of their faces actually running up, like the actual actors doing as much as they could safely do. And then stunt coverage of their doubles making the leap. And, and, and then the same on the other side of the roof with landings and conversations across from each other. And I think Michael mentioned, like in many cases, we tethered them with ropes for safety that were then had to be digitally removed. Um, and I just, I remember it was like an incredibly cold day. So we had to be just super careful about walking up there and, and watch out for icy spots. And, and, you know, all the safety precautions were taken. Um, Mats were laid down and, you know, just a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of people on a roof and the number one priority is safety. And in addition to these awesome stunts, uh, we also have like really wonderful and and intense dialogue scenes to, to shoot. Um, and it was great. I mean, I dropped into I dropped in on one of the stunt rehearsals because I, that's just my world, and I know that that space. And um, you know, we had I, I told them from early on that I would really, really like to get the Mission Impossible shot, which to me means the the shot that we all saw when unfortunately Tom Cruise hurt his foot. But really, what it is is camera going over with Sam. I just really wanted to. I like to approach action in in a way that's like, how can I put the audience in the visceral experience of this physical activity as much as possible? I want them to be with the character. So I, I asked like, can we have enough trust and rigging within like budget and safety concerns to, to fly the camera at the same time. And, and we did. And, and um, Don Lee, who's the fight choreographer and co-coordinator, um, flew with that camera and you know the shot's really cool you you get to fly a little bit with her which is great and it was you know it's a lot of intense wire work but the doubles are excellent and um i thought it turned out great i was really pleased with how it looked even though you know it did get cut down i really agree that that was absolutely the right choice for story um and you know it's it's I do hope it comes out as a deleted scene because it's both awesome and funny, the stuff that you didn't see. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I, I love that sequence. And that's what excites me when I see a new name uh, as a director because, you know, they they bring some different and unique experiences and, you know, just different 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 vision you know like the we may not have gotten that immersive uh look of flying with sam you know maybe yeah. it was just been a wide shot who knows but uh i really do like that yeah and it, it you know a lot of credit to the stunt team it's 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 quite a um delicate work to fly someone on a wire and time you know there's intricate pulley systems and trying to time the assist, the wire assist so perfectly that you feel that this person launched. You you don't feel like they got picked up too soon. You believe that they're flying. You believe the landing. It's it's actually quite um, an incredible skill set. So the riggers and, and the operators of that rig, like they, it, we, it took, you know, a full, I think it took a full day to build and a full day of rehearsals to really dial in that kind of it's it's like a very intricate dance choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the themes that that you had mentioned earlier about you know the 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 scene of uh, Terry and Crease circling each other in the dojo. Johnny and Daniel spend the entire episode circling each other in this orbit. Daniel's teaching the 
kids to work in the circle. It, you've got so many circular themes going on. Were yeah. you looking for places to put that? Yeah. You know, I was very aware of the circle versus line um, kind of dynamic that was happening between Johnny and Daniel and, and their different ways of teaching. And I did look for ways to incorporate that in, in blocking and coverage. Um, and, and in some cases, like as written, it already lent itself to that, you know, like the kids walking around in a circle in the, in the circular koi pond is it just lends itself to that. And right. Um, so I, I looked for places to kind of subtly add that in. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do like to, when I, when I first read a script, I try to latch on to like emotional themes that correspond to what could be visual motifs, um, and, and visual motifs that still stay true to the show. Um, So, yeah, I was definitely aware of that stuff. And um, it was really it's really just a very collaborative process. You know, Um, Michael was on set with me the entire time and uh, we would often like pitch stuff back and forth to each other. Oh, let's try one like this. Let's try one like this. Um, And I really enjoyed that. It was it was really fun to to play that way. And, you know, it's a it's a. I mentioned it's an ambitious show. So, so you're really going and, and everyone's on, on top of their game. Um, so it, it just, you know, trying to keep those things true while also trying to make your days while also like wanting to give space for performance and camera and all of that stuff is kind of the great balancing act. Right. Oh yeah. We got about less than 20 minutes. So I, I'd like to pivot over to uh, episode 404. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. What I like about this episode is uh, we get a lot of different um, locations, w- one of which is like a, a drive-in. We also yeah. have like a, like a baseball field. So, um, but one, one sequence I would like to um, um, uh, hear some insight on is uh, filming in the boys' lock, uh, actually boys' bathroom, where Hawk comes and intervenes before uh, sure. Kenny, you know, goes after uh, Bert and, and and Nate there. Um, just cause like, uh, y- you don't expect Hawk to come in, you know, uh, and, and but also I hear, I hear that Nate, uh, kind of improvised the, the shoulder bump, uh, to, um, to Kenny as well. Yeah. I think I, I thought I directed him into that. I, 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 I don't want to take credit if, if he did improvise that himself, but the most fun thing about that scene was like seeing the bully to become the bullies, you know, mm-hmm. and they had fun with it. It was like. It's I think that's something that the show does so tremendously well is is these kind of flip flops of characters and and the way that they will grow from being the underling who's being bullied to now. okay they have someone smaller than them that they can bully. Um, That was really a fun scene to shoot. And, you know, it was a tight space. It was a real bathroom. So um, and we had a big mirror on the wall. So it, it became about, you know, how can we block this in a way that feels really dynamic and and tells the story in the best way possible. Um, and yeah, I like that Hawk appears kind of out of like like his the shock of his appearance is really fun. It puts you in Kenny's POV a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the flashbacks to four hundred three where where Kenny did actually punch Kyler um, and and gets mad and you start to see these patterns and this this kind of anger and, and what that means. Um, It's a great way to open the episode because it drops you so quickly into that kind of emotional thematic core. Um, And I just thought Bert and Nate did such a good job being jerks. You know, we didn't we haven't gotten to see them do that a lot. And it was fun for me. I think it was fun for them. And, um, you know, we had a blast playing playing with like, oh, let's like, you know, yeah, man screw you. Like I'm the bully now. I think I even had, I I moved some like posters onto the back wall. I think one of the posters on the back wall says no bullying or something like that, which is, was just really funny to me because it was like, well, this is, they're going to bully. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say these two episodes, um, you know, one kind of builds off of the other, right. In, in 403, you've got two heads are better than one as your montage music. And now we are literally, 
an episode the title is two-headed and we've got the two-headed snake and we've got eagle fang and miyagi do and even even bert and and uh, nate you yeah. know where instead of being at each other's throats now they are you know each other's wingman yep um what kind of like again with the with the visual motifs how did you tie into that like whole two-headed phenomenon with this yeah one? you know i this is gonna sound maybe a little ridiculous but i started revisiting a lot of kurosawa for this episode um, nice because especially the you know the climax of the drive-in so much about this episode felt like warring factions like kind of standing off in a lot of ways um, you know, at the drive-in, we have this big showdown and, um, it is like exactly to your point. It's a lot about like bifurcated groups of people. Um, so I, I tried to look at like how he would, how Kurosawa was, I just love his staging. Obviously he's a master of that. And, um, how could we stage in a way that, that felt, um, you know, like that very, um, so what I'm looking for, like, um, it's a very uh, thoughtful framing of bodies in the way that you can see all the faces. And um, I think that you shooting that way really kind of emphasized the, the kind of showdown quality, the kind of verses, shall we say. Um, and you know, when it comes to the Daniel and, and Johnny thing, I just loved shooting that montage. That montage was really fun to um, to play with. It became a lot about like reveals in that montage, the way Johnny gets revealed behind Miguel's head, the way like Johnny catches Daniel doing meditation. And um, that was that was just really fun to kind of like you want to play the emotion and the humor at the same time. Right. That's mm -hmm. like the one of the brilliant things of Cobra Kai is that balance of like real earnest emotion and legitimately hilarious jokes. Um, and I think that that's the challenge as a director is like, how do, how do you thread that needle? You know, and a lot of that comes from the writing and the performances. Um, you know, these actors are incredible to work with and come with ideas and excitement. And it's, it's, you know, it was, it was fun to figure all of it out. Some, some ideas I came to set with and some were born out of the moment, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I really like the driving scene. Obviously it, it, it reminds uh, me of like the outsiders, which Ralph is in uh, as well. Great movie. Um, I was going to say, you kind of expect Dally to fall out of his chair at any moment <laughs> behind him, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to go back and kind of revisit. And Brianna, you'd probably, you know, you're, uh, you, you know that movie better than I. Uh, but oh, yes. was there any Easter eggs in terms of like the things that they were asking Kenny to go fetch for them, like Butterfinger and all that stuff? Was that anything from uh, Outsiders? Uh, not well, I mean, Dally kept giving Pony money to go get stuff at the at the um, concession stand and stuff like that. But it wasn't he wasn't being mean to him about it. Like the only person yeah. that Dally is really mean to at the drive-in is Cherry and then Johnny because Johnny stands up to him, which Johnny yeah. never does. You know, that drive-in scene was so fun and also so fast because it was night. You know, we only had that location for a certain amount of time. And with younger actors also, sometimes you have to get them off the clock at a certain time. And so it was really like about being strategic about which parts we shot first. And um, if I recall correctly, we didn't know a hundred percent that we were going to have blood sport, that we were going to be able to clear it, but we wanted it so bad because it was so like, one of my favorite moments is coming into that scene when Kyler's like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, that was awesome. And he's just, man, Joe's just so fun to, to work with, like to riff with him is just, just a dream. Um, but there were a lot of people in that drive-in sequence. And, and um, you know, it was funny. It was a great location. It was an actual drive-in, obviously. And they had like two other screens that were like, we couldn't really see, but they were definitely playing movies while we were shooting. And it, it brought me back. I had not been to a drive-in for a very long time. Uh, they all closed uh, down around us. Yeah. Yeah, here too. Um, also, I'm going to say both thank you and probably to my uh, to to Bob if Bob is the one. Thank you for letting Ralph sing again. Oh. I, I so love it when he does. You know, um, 
I, I actually did not get to direct that scene um, be, because of scheduling. And, and I, I forget exactly why, but I also loved that they um, allowed that that Ralph was singing it. That just delighted me. Right. And singing Christopher Cross sailing of all things. I like, know, it, it doesn't I know. get much cheesier than that. So good. So good. And Daniel loving Peter Satira. Got to yes, give it up yes. for that. Always. Uh, I, I have a couple of sequences um, as we get ready to wrap up that that uh, I, I'd like to to hear some more thoughts on. Um, uh, in 404, we get this. Uh, I, I know like um, the big three, they, they like to use our expectations against us. But there's this uh, sequence where um, Tori's at her new job. And, you know, if you guys didn't do like deep dives and, you know, get an idea of what she might be doing at this job, it kind of plays out like she is like a stripper or something. If I'm not mistaken, is that yeah, this is the right episode? Definitely. Okay, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Just, that's uh, can, this one. Can you can you uh, kind of talk about like maybe reading that yeah. part of the script? I mean, yeah, that was definitely the intention. I mean, that was written in. It, it wanted to be a misdirect, and um, you know, I think it's something that's it's pretty dark, but it's something I believe is adjacent to where that character could go um, for better or for worse. And obviously, very glad that that's not where it's gone. Um, but I really love that misdirect. I think it's, uh, it was cleverly written and, um, you know, we locations again, did an incredible job finding this like insane children's like under the sea themes, like play area. And we had a bunch of like six and seven year old kids running around and, you know, we shot that um, that little sequence, that little misdirect, which is just one shot. It was the very last shot of the day. Um, and we did a bunch of takes because the timing of it had to be perfect. And it was in this tiny, tiny room, like the office. It was the manager's office of that children's place that that art had set up, decked out. And man, the art team on, on Cobra Kai is just, just amazing. Um, and you know, God bless our, our steady cam op, um, Brandon at the time, you know, just like coming down that row of women to find Phil, who's the guy to find Tori in the mirror. Uh, it really just worked out very well. Um, um, so yeah, I'm just grateful of all the departments on that. Uh, and I also want to shout to Frank and his costume team, like those mermaid costumes, delighted like delighted when i saw those pictures come in i mean frank's a genius and the nuances that go into all the costumes on this show are just like so thoughtful um but to be to be able to direct something that's like you know mermaid costumes aren't a normal thing we see on cobra kai so that was just a really fun like it was just a fun scene to play with, you know, the wigs and the costumes and trying to shoot it in a way that that misdirect landed when when you pop to that wide to see who it is. Um, speaking of uh, fun scenes to shoot and definitely fun scenes to watch, building on where you left Johnny and Carmen at oh. the end of the episode before. Yeah. And the. um journey i guess you yeah. would say you take them through in this yeah. one everything that can go wrong with a 51 year old man in a relationship is going wrong um so uh, talk about that a little bit you know billy and vanessa it is super fun to shoot scenes with them together they're hilarious together and they also just have amazing actor chemistry there I I've had the pleasure of shooting a fair number of scenes with the two of them across, you know, and it, it was great, you know, it, like from the scene in the bedroom um, where he like is talking about Top Gun and you can't call yourself a maverick, which absolutely slayed me to like, I think I was fangirling and squealing whenever I called cut on that scene when he went to kiss her in the doorway and was like, I'm a top down hair blowing in the wind kind of guy. The minute I called cut, I would like run into set and be like, that was so good because they're just so good together. Um, yeah. And and I'm curious if there's like a specific scene in four that, that you're referencing that's like um, that that's that stood out to you. Uh, well, uh, uh, poor Miguel just trying to get out of the chair while they're um, was that in this one? 
I don't think no. That no, was that, that, or were they later. just trying to talk that's, about how they were trying to talk about how they yes. were going to tell him, but they hadn't decided yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they've got a lot of really funny interactions. I think just, you know, uh, trying to figure out how they're going to do this. And poor Johnny trying to make his manwiches. Oh, yeah. Like when he's typing into the computer, how do you tell your students? I mean, <laughs> the way Billy balances pure earnest, just like he's so earnest and so funny at the same time. It's brilliant. And um, yeah, I mean, I loved those flashbacks with young Johnny was super fun. Um, oh, baby Johnny's adorable. Isn't he the cutest? Thomas, he's lovely. He and I have become pen pals. He like I have a picture that he drew for me up on my wall. Oh. Um, yeah, he was a sweetheart. And yeah, it's just, you know, it, it was just really it was smart, I think, and, and really fun to 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 dive again. We've over the course of the show gotten to see some Johnny flashbacks and to kind of dive into that character is is really interesting and really fun, I think, to to like to even more start to peel back the layers and understand what happened to him and how did he get to where he is today it's, and all of that. And why does he think he's such a lousy father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Ralph plays like the yin to that yang so beautifully, you know, yeah. it's, it's I, I honestly, I, I just love working with Ralph as well. It's, it's the way that he approached both, you know, in both of my episodes, I had these scenes with Ralph and, uh, sorry, with Daniel and Miguel working on the car. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, because we were block shooting, we shot those scenes pretty close to one another because we were at that set in, on our stages. And the, the way that, that both Sholo and Ralph were able to kind of bring something different because it's a different episode and it's, it's like another, we've taken another step in that relationship. I think that's, that's really a testament to, to talented acting. It's like, we're going to shoot those pretty much back to back and they're going to be in different episodes and we've jumped ahead in time quite a bit. So now like we have to, we have to like change our headspace a little bit to get there. And I, I think those scenes between the two of them are just so beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah, they really are. It, it, the season four, when it came out, it was really hard to choose like a clear favorite episode because they're all so good, you know. Yeah, and I yeah, agree, that, it's a great yeah. season. It's a it great really season, and and um, I also like. I I love. I've rewatched it a couple times now, and man, I it's just you know it's it's been an incredible journey for it to be have been my first episodic show to have been asked back to do season five, um, and. The, you know, the guys were just like John filmed a video of me calling action for the first time. And and like, oh. that's just a just an insight into the kinds of like leaders that they are. They're just it's it's a really loving set. And that extends to cast and crew. Um, and I, I really think that you can see that on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. amazing. And I do have to say real quick before we go, you get to close your episode on a shot that a lot of us have been waiting 35 years to see, which is Daniel LaRusso's eyes when Terry Silver walks oh, yeah. into his backyard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a couple of those moments. I, when I landed in Atlanta and got to those sets and walked onto the Miyagi-Do set, like I caught my breath caught in my throat it, to have been, to be a Karate Kid fan and to step into basically Miyagi-Do is insane. And I also got to shoot that scene where where Ralph is tying um, the um, the bandana, the yeah, yeah, the headband. Sorry, around around uh, Miguel's head, and Johnny's seeing it. And I had this surreal moment where I had I pulled up the scene of Mr. Miyagi tying that to Young Daniel's head, and to, to kind of refresh camera and myself and and, and actors if they wanted of like, we're, we're trying to pay a little bit of homage without doing this shot to shot. And I just had this moment where I was like, I'm standing in Miyagi-Do watching this scene from Karate Kid with Ralph Macchio and we're about to shoot. It was like, it's like insane. A director's, a, a filmmaker's film lover's dream. Um, and then to also be able to, to play that first moment of seeing Terry Silver again and, you know, I want to credit Paul Verrier, the director of photography that I was working with on that episode, um, pitched that kind of like 
slow-mo steady cam that, that comes up from their feet to their faces, which is just such a badass cool way to have them come around that corner. And oh, it's amazing. Looks so Single great. And, yeah. You know, and, and man, like what a thing to be on set with Marty and Thomas and Billy and Ralph and like have those four characters in a space together again for the first time, you know, that we're seeing it. It's they're all so connected to I think I think the brilliance of all of of all of those kind of returning those people who come who have who we have seen in the original movies is they are at once able to hold space for the history and those characters as we knew them and at the same time bring into the performance these characters today and and who they are now Um, and that's such a cool balance. Um, and I love those last shots of Terry Silver and Daniel LaRusso just looking at each other. It's like, man, can Ralph, Ralph can tell a whole epic with his eyes and, and Thomas, the way that he just like, he's like a snake, the way that he just like delivers that, like, yeah, I think we have something to talk about. I'm just like, Mm, you're so evil oozing oozing (laughs) black crud out of his pores at this point like he knows what he did to this guy he knows the like mental and physical abuse that he put this kid through and and oh god and still the kind of like suaveness with which he's you know like his like ponytailed hair it's just oh amazing amazing and 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 before we go i do also want to speak really quickly to the flashback i got to shoot in the tattoo shop with um with young terry Reese. those actors barrett and nick are just like so also keyed into those characters and and what a cool, but also I'm sure daunting task to like take on the younger versions because we've seen those younger versions in movies. And I like, it was, it was like, they're just great at it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They're so dialed in with each other and they're so dialed into those characters. I I really, again, I just, you know, even dropping back to 403 in that scene in the dojo, these two characters, their dynamic is so fascinating to me because there's so much at stake. Mm -hmm. They've been through so much trauma together and there's a lot of love, but there's also some non-love and and some conflicting things as we see in 403. And it's a really fascinating nuance, like, mental chess in a lot of ways to watch those those actors perform those scenes together it's really fun i bet um so we know you got you got to get running so so we'll we'll end it right there i want to thank you so much for coming on you shared some really amazing stories i I was getting chills just you know getting your um energy there from talking about you know filming uh oh yeah i could uh, talk for hours i mean honestly like everyone's uh, i'm i'm sure everyone has said this too but like every single actor and crew member on this show is, is awesome to work with. And I know that that will not be the case on every show I walk onto. I know that will not be the case on every movie I make. So I consider myself very, very lucky to have, to have dropped into that family. When you you start with perfection, you know, where else do you go from there? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, look guys, this has been great. I really, I look forward to chatting more and um, maybe we'll talk, uh, talk again when season five comes out, whenever that is. We would love oh, it. Definitely. Do you, uh, if you welcome the interactions from fans, do you want to drop any of your social media handles? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Instagram at M dubs, M D U B B S. And then the number eight. Um, and yeah, I've, you know, part of the kind of wild journey of this has been the incredible fan base, uh, yeah. like seeing pieces of my episodes being turned into Lego motifs and <laughs> drawings and all. It's like it's wild. The, the fans are amazing. It's crazy. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's whenever someone hears that I got to work on that show, it's everyone just wants to talk immediately. And, and I'm, I'm open and willing because I have tons of fun stories. There we go. And check out the previous too. So we'll we'll let you skedaddle and then we'll close up uh, after you take off there. Mariel, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks you so much. All good. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Okay, so uh, there we go. Thanks again, Mario, for uh, jumping on. So many great stories, and man, and you know what? There were so many things I wanted to ask her more about I too. Know, so me like, too. yeah, <laughs> so crazy. It's like she says she could talk for hours, and I'm sitting here thinking that's okay. So can we? <laughs> No, ex- exactly. Like, you know, I, oh. I wanted to talk about, you know, little Thomas. So I'm glad that she brought him up. But uh, I, I was actually kind of curious about the um, uh, Silver versus Robbie in the in the back dojo there. So that would have been right. We didn't talk about Robbie's arcs at all in these episodes. Not, you know, yeah, he went to yeah. he went to Kenny's house and then there was so right. much in the dojo. And then he went to With Johnny's see, Johnny, apartment. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, just so much. There so you much. Go. And it's so good. So, if if you guys really enjoyed this uh, conversation with Mario, definitely check out her film. Uh, it, it's like 19 minutes. It's on Netflix. Heart shot. Uh, check it out. So, Brianna, where can people find you on social media if they want to continue the conversation? I am Brianna Davidson, Brianna25 on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, fanfiction.net archive of our own. I missed one because I went out of order. Ah, anywhere. I'm everywhere. Email me, Brianna25 at gmail.com. All right. For me, you can find me on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod and also on Instagram, Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with a K. Check out the website for most of our interviews and hope to update that soon. And I believe if you are hearing this around the time uh, this episode releases, uh, Paley Fest has not yet uh, happened. So April 8th, uh, 2022, uh, Paley Fest in L.A., if you're in the area, uh, go go check it out. They, um, a good chunk of the cast will be there. I believe uh, eight of the actors and three of the creators. So there we go. Hope to see you guys there. I'll be there myself. Uh, thanks as always for supporting our little show that could. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye guys. Haven't you done enough, princess?